We're going to read from his book of Acts, chapter 5, in just a moment. And then please follow along with us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Today's psalm is Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. The second reading is from 1 Peter, the first chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance 
that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel lesson today is from John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 20th chapter, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold the forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, And see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Message time going way back 
John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Again, John chapter 1, verses 1 through like 3. Those words speak about who God is. Those words speak about who the Son of God, Jesus, is. Let me ask you this. Do you believe it to be true? Now, the good thing about this question in these days, you don't have a bunch of people here pressuring you into do it. You can just keep your hands to your side and say, I don't know. Or you can wave your hands, stand up by your chairs, and wave them recklessly and crazily like your team just won the final, the final score and you just won the championship. But if you believe what I just said in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 to be true, wherever you're at, I would ask you just to raise your hand and just say it's loud enough that God can hear you, I believe. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right, here's one more. John chapter 3, 16 and 17. You know this one, hopefully by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those words tell us about God's love. Those words tell us about God's plan for saving and for redeeming us all to buy us back, to adopt us, if you will. If you believe those words to be true, again, wherever you're at, just like before, say it loud enough that God can hear you and raise your hand enough that God can see you and say, yes, I believe. I believe. All right, one more. Today's lesson. John chapter 20. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. They're not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah of God, the Son of God, and that through believing in him, you will have life in his name. The stories of Jesus healing people throughout these gospel books, the stories of Jesus being Lord over the earth and the sea and the sky and even the demonic beings, the stories of God's love, of Jesus' love and his sheer determination to forgive and win back a people on the cross, these stories, even of today's story of Jesus finding the disciples as they're locked into this tomb of sorts, so that they could see and believe that he is risen and there's life in his name. All these stories, do you believe them to be true? Do you, do you, would you put up your hand no matter where you're at in this world and say, yes, I believe and let the world see it and let the world hear it that you believe? Because it's either a yes or it's a no. There is no middle to this questions. You believe or you don't. Do you believe these witnesses to be true? For those who have raised your hands wherever you're at today, for those who have let the world see, let the heavens see that I believe, let, let the heavens hear you say, I believe, for those that have done that, 
you get to hear the next part of a message. These are beautiful words. These are powerful words. These are the very first words of God spoken to his friends after his work in that whole holy week. Jesus finds them where they are, and he says, Peace be with you. The peace from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you. And then he says, As the Father has sent me, so now the Son is sending you. There's a story. This is the fun part of today's message. I love this story. There's an old story. It's from 1859, July 15th, actually, 1859. I think it's historically true, but if it's not completely historically true, it should be, because this is just fun. It seems in that year, all those years ago, now that's 1859, that's a long time, right? People used to, used to test their courage and their capacities in that part, in this part of the world, by getting into wooden barrels, getting in the river upriver, floating down the Niagara River, and going over the Niagara Falls to see if they could have a soft landing in this little submarine enclosed wooden barrel, come out the other side and live. It was a thing to do. When the, the world was also then into spectacular events, there were circus events and very specialty events. And in this time, there was a man from France. His name was Charles Blodin, and Blodin or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't say this French name very well. But he was a tightrope walker. And having watched the, the grandeur and the awesome power and the expanse of Niagara Falls, he asked a couple of engineering guys, hey guys, could you string a cable from one side in the United States all the way across the falls to the other side in Canada and build a platform me to get up and potentially walk across? And the cable would have to be fairly tight and wide to hold my weight. And so with that, they said, yes, a steel cable was stretched 1,000, almost 1,100 feet. It was about 160 feet high point. It was so long that there was a 60-foot bow in it because of just the weight of the cable and the expanse. And it went over the roaring sounds and the mist and the power of Niagara Falls. It was to be quite a show. Well, news of this effort spread. The media at that point, the newspapers, they got wind of this. So they started putting these in papers across the country, particularly in that part of the world, that there was going to be a man who was going to attempt to walk this line across the falls. They printed it up and it got more and more attention. Well, more and more people were starting to gather and wanting to be there for this big event. So the day came, the events came, everything was set up. The crowd has gathered. The announcer with the radio, that you can imagine the classic old kind of radio sounds kind of coming through the old speakers, kind of scratchy at times and stuff. The announcer steps to the microphone and he begins to announce, to explain what's going to take place in front of their very eyes. You can almost ex hear the extravagance of his voice and the, his building things up. This announcer, he's pointing to the vast distance from one shore all the way, hard to see, to the other side, that the other side of the shore, and to the great height of this event. He was pointing to the rocks underneath and the roaring water. He was building up this crowd's enthusiasm and excitement and anticipation to high, high, high levels. The crowd is more and more expectant with each passing moment. 
Then it happened. Here comes the tightrope walker himself. Charles shows up and he's brought to the platform and the crowd is cheering him on. And the announcer gets him to quiet. And, and just when they quieted a bit, Charles gets to the mic and he says, ladies and gentlemen, and they're quiet. I will attempt to cross from this side to that side on that narrow rope. And not only that, I'm going to attempt to cross in a wheelbarrow or push a wheelbarrow as I'm crossing this. And the crowd was like, oh, and he says, how many of you believe it can be done? And some of them cheered a little bit. A few hands went in the air. And then he says, some of the things he's done, but how many of you can believe it? And he asked them, now the crowd's getting a little more enthusiastic. Well, maybe this crazy Frenchman can do it. Maybe he can walk and push that wheelbarrow across. Then he gets a frenzy going. How many of you have faith that I can accomplish this feat? Cross that line to the far side and push this wheelbarrow doing so. At that, every hand had gone up. The cheers intensified to the greatest level so far that day. Then the tightrope walker turned with the microphone in his hand, and he looked at the man who was standing nearest to him, whose hand was at this point waving real high in the air, face excitement, saying, oh, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. Then he said to him, how about you, sir? Would you like to go into the wheelbarrow with me as I push it to the other side? His hand went faster than a turtle. Then he looked to you, ma'am. And would you get into the wheelbarrow? And he, the, the, the lady who was sitting in his vicinity, who had previously had her hat and waving, oh yeah, you're going to do this, woohoo. Um, you, would you go with me? She brought her hand and she said, no. As he began to look at the once cheering crowd, hands were coming down really quickly at this point. They had all come down, actually. A hushed silence came across the assembly because no one wanted to give a say a word because maybe they'd be called out. They were silent. None of them would go with him. And the tightrope walker in that silence stepped to the mic again. He said, that is the difference. That's the difference between believing something can be done and having faith enough to put yourself on the line to do it. Having said that, he walked to the line. He grabbed the handles of his wheelbarrow with his leveling pole across the top, began to balance, and step by step, walked almost 1,100 feet across the Niagara Falls, turned around, and walked back. For those who listen to the words of God as recorded in the book of John chapter 1, chapter 3, and chapter 20 that we started off today, to you who were in your rooms in your safe places who rose your hand and said, I believe, hear the words of our Lord today. And for whatever it's worth, it's not as risky or as threatening as if you would have been the one raising your hand that day in 1859 when Charles crossed the Niagara Falls 
It's not nearly that risky. But it requires a similar courage. Because today God says to you where you are, peace be with you. As a father has sent me, so I send you. And that's personal. It's Jesus to each and every one who has heard those words. Jesus' invitation to his dear friends that day, that invitation, it starts with a gift. And the gift is peace. Friends, from the awesome love of God in Christ Jesus comes this Easter gift. It has been won in the, in, in the cross, in the victory on the cross. And this gift is peace. The first word of this God who spoke his word at creation, and there was the very first word of this God who spoke to creation, the first word spoken to his disciples on this first day of a new week, that first word from God is peace. The first gift of God, having won the victories on the cross over sin, death, and the devil, having won victories of all things, and has now shown to the Father and has now returned for us, the very first word of that risen Son of God is peace. It's a gift. Peace has three significant parts, three significant meanings, if you think about the word. And the first one is, it has to do with peace, meaning that there's an absence of war, that, that war is over. Peace. The power of God's light, it prevails in this war over darkness because where there is light, there is no darkness. And God wages war against the lies of the evil one in his darkness. And he shows up with the light of his truth and his way and his love. And he shows up with the light of Jesus. And the darkness does not prevail. And in that war, in that conflict, light wins. The presence of God, holiness, it destroys the presence of all sin. It cannot coexist in the same space. So this Jesus, this Son of God, he is speaking a word of peace in this war against sin. And he's saying that this now, this war, this previous war, the war's over. And the saving sacrifice upon Jesus on the cross, because of that sacrifice, there is now peace between heavens and the earth in Jesus. The Father looks upon all of us who are near Jesus and in the shadows of the cross, if you will. He sees us as covered in white robes, the robes of his son's perfection. Our failures, our addictions, they're covered in his sacrifice. Our selfishness, our pride, it's all covered in his sacrifice. Every creative way and motive and thought, word and action of sinfulness, it has been covered in this victorious sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. In Jesus and near Jesus, the war is over. There is peace. The second meaning of peace has to do with like storming and, and threatening violences and, and or chaoses and the absence of peace in that storm, violence, or chaos, right? And so when those things are gone, there'll be peace. So to the storms of the world, we discover in Jesus that the storms are under the authority of God in Christ Jesus. 
The storms around us, the storms of nature, the storms of economy, the storms of viruses, the storms of humanity's sinful behaviors can all rile up and rage and make a lot of commotion, a lot of distraction and unsettling noise. And yet in Christ, there is shelter, there is peace. In the saving sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, the storm of sin the evil one and death is overcome. And the storms of constant worldly distractions, they are dismissed in Jesus and near Jesus. The storms lose their power and there is peace. The third part of this peace, it can mean for us the exhausting work, this enslaving work of our world, of our lives, that that work is over and there's peace. The uncompromising demands of the world that can often lead us to exhausting places in life. The impossible demands that we've personally assumed, the, the, that we've, been, we've been assuming these from we've been children, and, and the parents and the schools and the societies have been putting us on us as just little children. We've, we've been pressed upon these, and they've been pressed into us from a greedy and heartless world, from a callous and mean world, from a wounded and unhealthy world, pressed into people. And they're all these things are manipulating us and, and trying to use us for their wants and trying to use us for their profits. And they make us work for things that we ought not to have work, leading to, to exhaustion. And so the humanity, our world around us, including ourselves at times, we can be chasing and lifting and carrying and dragging and pushing and pulling all kinds of mental, physical, and emotional, exhausting, enslaving baggage. And in all of that, Jesus comes to us today and he offers peace. In Jesus, all of us can rest. We can be loved in spite of us and cherished in spite of us because his love's that big. In Jesus, near Jesus, there is rest. Because the reality is Jesus has done it all. And in Jesus, there is peace. Now from places of peace, from places of faith, in the one who can speak peace to us, we can now hear the next part of today's message. We cannot hear it properly unless we start with peace. Because if, if there's no peace, there's no going to part B. You have to have part A in order to understand and, and to participate and fulfill part B. So part A is receiving and participating and enjoying and being overwhelmed with God's peace. And then from that place, now you hear the next part, which is, as the Father has sent me, now I send you. The Father sent Jesus from a place of perfect peace of perfect unity with him and peace. Jesus and the Father are one, one in every imaginable human imagination way, one in love, one in power, one in plan, one in purpose, one in, in a creative act to make all that is seen and unseen. They are one. Jesus is and was and will be one with the Father and at peace 
in the Father. And from that place, from that place of blessed, perfect, profound unity and peace, Jesus was sent. And he was sent to establish a unity with earth and the Father, to speak peace between us and the Father. As I was sent to you, which was in peace, says Jesus, so now I send you to them in peace. Having witnessed and lived with Jesus for for three years, these disciples, having witnessed and experienced now Jesus being risen and seeing the marks on his hand and his side and his feet and the scars potentially on the the skin of of his head, having received now also the gift of God and the Holy Spirit, this this presence and power and, and God himself now in the Spirit, having received that, the disciples, they are capable to be who God made them to be. Of being in God and in peace. With all of that, they can do it. The disciples now can actually live as God has made them to live. He has given us a reason and a purpose. He has given us capacities and skills and abilities and the capacities to dream. He's given all this for for a beautiful cause and a beautiful reason. And now with Jesus and with God's peace, we can actually live with God and in peace. And from that place, and only from that place, with God in peace, can the disciples now answer the call to go and share the good news. Because if they don't go with peace, the world doesn't want to listen. I've heard people who, who, who claim to be Christian want to tell me about Jesus, and, and they don't have peace. They, they, they don't have peace with the people around them because they talk bad about them, or, or they put them down, or they have to one-up them and always be better than somebody. And it's like, you don't have peace. You can't talk to me about God. You don't have. Think about all the people who have discredited the good name of Jesus because they're trying to tell about Jesus and say how much they're a Christian when their lives are, are, are without peace. They're at war with God in sinful ways. They're overworked and, and, and trying to have you join them in their sickness. And there are storms in their life that they are not at peace. And so now they're, they're like infecting us with that storm. It's like, ick. You can't give what you don't have. And so here, Jesus gives them peace. And now having received peace, the disciples are to be sent because that's what the world's looking for. Peace. We're not meant to be like the cheerful crowd thinking about that story. We're not meant to be like a cheerful crowd that, oh yeah, I enthusiastically raise my hand saying, I believe you can do it. We're to be the crowd that faithfully goes to the line of discipleship, trusting in the Lord and walking the line of faith with him, with peace. With peace, with faith, with with confidence in our God. That we would actually get into this person of Jesus, this church Jesus, and wherever he says go, go where he guides. That we would go to people where they are, if they're locked in rooms, if they're locked in businesses, if they're walking in the parks, if they're in the weight room. I don't, wherever people are, that we would go to them where they are and that we could show them 
this peace of God. That we'd go where they are and we could do this work of God's peace among them. That they could experience God's love and God's peace from one human who is blessed of God to another who is wanting to be blessed. That we could share the good news of Jesus and his word of peace. This is the reason and the purpose of the church that we would live first, that we'd live in the Lord's peace. And we grow and mature and heal and just be blessed in that right relationship, in that peace with him. And from that place, reach out and walk the line. Invite others to join that peace. This can be done regardless of a virus. This can be done regardless of economic things. The world doesn't dictate how this is done. Our creativity and inspiration of the Spirit will. With that in mind, God help us be His church and peace. At this point in our worship, we will declare our faith and we will use the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and seats at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We'll continue with the prayers of God's people. Heavenly Father, we live in a time of uncertainty and unrest. Help us to be a people certain of your power, your love, your presence in our lives this day and all eternity. Help us to be a people who rest in the truth. Your kingdom has been, is now, and forever will be. You are the Lord, God, and we will keep our eyes upon you. We will trust you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, you entered the sealed house where the disciples were hiding. You shared your Holy Spirit with them. You offered them heavenly peace. Lord, in your mercy, find us. Enter all the places we try to close off to you. Breathe life into us. Breathe healing into us. Breathe your heavenly peace into us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our hear prayer. prayer. Heavenly Father, with joy and delight, we thank you that a new day has dawned. A new hope is given. Christ is alive and you empower us to be alive with him. 
We thank you that grace is stronger than evil, that mercy is larger than suffering, that joy is greater than sorrow. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we thank you for a day to celebrate Easter. In fact, many weeks to celebrate Easter. We thank you for birthdays and anniversaries that will be celebrated this week. We thank you for all the loved ones that you've placed into our lives and the beautiful memories that live on within us. We ask that you would sustain the faith of those who mourn the absence of their loved ones. We ask that you would touch the lives of those we know and love who are in need of healing, of courage, or peace, especially for those we name in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.